بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين وبعد We have been discussing the very beautiful Surah Naml. In the Surah there is episodes mentioned from the life of Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam and then very insightful discussions related to Sayyidina Suleiman alayhi salam with beautiful lessons of leadership in that portion of the Surah. Now after making our way through the Surah we are now at the very last Ruku of this particular Surah. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد الله سبحانه وتعالى begins this ruku by saying ويوم نحشرهم من كل أمة فوجا and on that day when we will resurrect from every nation from every ummah a certain group مما يكذب بآياتنا of whom this group was those who uh, belied the, our signs, belied the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فهم يوزعون and they will all be assembled in rows in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala حتى إذا جاءوا قال أكذبتم بآياتي ولم تحيطوا بها علما until they will come in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he will say to them you have belied my signs ولم تحيطوا بها علما and you didn't have any knowledge encompassing what you were saying and what else did you do in addition to belying the signs of Allah Jalla Jalalu? So people acknowledge the marvelous nature of the different fascinating things we see around us. They acknowledge it but without attributing it to Allah. So they see it, they accept that Victoria Falls is fascinating and beautiful but without attributing it to Allah Jalla Jalalu and that is belying the signs of Allah. Everything that we see we should be attributing into Allah and what other actions that you carried out in this world so that will be listed in front of the people on the day of Qiyamah Mufassirun say one of these actions that Allah speaks about is those people who killed their prophets they will then be taken to task on the day of Qiyamah the promise of Allah will be fulfilled to them because of their sins that they had carried out, because of their oppression and the cover that they carried out, for whom la yantiqun, and it will be so intense and difficult that these disbelievers will be punished. They won't even be able to utter any words in front of Allah. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says to them that, "What did you do besides?" Uh besides belying the truth and the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with what knowledge did you belie? you just belied hmm. you just you were just those that you know what I don't want to accept I don't want to accept I just I, I believe what I believe and I don't want to accept without any knowledge so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying yeah, and the Mufassirin mentioned that this is what is meant in kuntum what did you do fit dunya in this dunya besides belying the prophets that came to you and belying Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now explains after explaining to us with the, the, the certain things regarding Qiyamah with, the, with those who belied the prophets. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now going to explain to us the proofs of his oneness about the, the, the akhirah etc. regarding the guidance towards Iman. Alam yaraw anna ja'alna layla liyaskunu fihi wa nahara mubasira. Do you not see that we have created the night so that you can sleep and be at peace in it and the day so that you can see and you can do your work in the day what's the point of doing work at night when you cannot see and obviously if the day is the light where you can see then obviously that's the time you're supposed to be doing work
In the certainly these are signs showing Allah Jalla Jalalu's great power. These are the signs for those who have Iman. Now Allah moves on to the day of Qiyamah. It's a day that will be filled with terror. People will be terrified. So Allah Jalla Jalalu says, fi And the day when the trumpet will be blown. فَفَزِعَ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ إِلَّا مَنْ شَاءَ اللَّهِ And all in the skies and all in the earth will be terrified besides those who Allah wishes that they shouldn't be terrified. Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam spoke about this trumpet saying that it is like a horn that will be blown by the angel. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also went on to say that how can I live a life of pleasure? When I know that the trumpet, this horn, is between the lips of the angel and he's standing with his head lowered, waiting for the command of Allah Jalla Jalalu and as Allah issues this command, he is so ready and he will blow this trumpet. And the effect of blowing this trumpet is everybody in the skies and the earth will be terrified besides those who Allah chooses for them not to be terrified. So the Sahaba radiallahu anhum said, O Nabi of Allah, based on this situation, what is your advice? And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Allah is sufficient for us and Allah is our protecting friend. So that was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's advice in this regard. The Mufassirin mentioned in the same ayah, وَيَوْمَ يُنْفَخُ فِي الصُّورِ فَفَزِعَ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ That the day when the trumpet will be blown, everyone will be perplexed, alarmed, they will be unstable, right? So the, this year, some Mufassirin mentioned that this is the first blowing when everyone's going to pass away. So this is when everyone will get nervous and perplexed initially and then will lose consciousness and ultimately will die. Some Mufassirin actually mentioned, and this year, this year was, was new to my ears, that this, there will be three blowings of the trumpet. Three blowings. So it's the first one, everyone's going to be perplexed, everyone's going to be uh, uh, nervous and, 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 and slowly get uh, scared, and well, not slowly, well, they're going to get rapidly scared. And then the second blowing is that's when everyone's going to pass away. And then the third blowing is going to obviously be when there's a resurrection and everyone's going to be uh, coming out of the, the ground. Uh, but the majority view is that there's only two blowings and then what happens is they're going to initially get perplexed and, un- and then lose consciousness and then pass away. And then the second trumpet will be blown, that's when everyone will be resurrected. And between the two blowings, Rasulullah stated that between the two blowings will be 40 years. 40 years. And also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this ayah, وَمَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ إِلَّا مَنْ شَاءَ اللَّهِ Except who Allah wills will be alive at this time. So everyone's going to pass away except Allah, who Allah wills. Now Mufassirin mentioned here yeah, there is also an exception uh, made in this ayah. In one hadith Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says uh, or something to the effect that the six angels will pass away after the blowing after everyone finished passed away they'll still be alive. After a little while they will also pass away. Mm-hmm. The six angels are Jibril, Mikail, Israfil, Malakul Maut and the angels who are carrying the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then prior to the second blowing, they will pass away as mm. well. Subhanallah. So Anwarul Bayan also mentions the very same thing, that this period that Allah is speaking when people will be terrified, is that period after the first trumpet is blown. Now after the first trumpet is blown, this earth and everything in existence and the entire universe will come to silence and it would be like a dead 
peace of whatever you want to refer to it as. Now, once everything is dead, there will be the fear that with the second blowing will be now resurrected and we'll have to stand in front of Allah. And that fear is a very terrifying feeling. And then all of them who are in their graves, all of the people, will now come to Allah Jalla Jalalu in humility. Remember, on the day of Qiyamah there will be no kuffar. On the day of Qiyamah there will be no prideful people. Why? Because on that day, everybody will start to believe because they're seeing it in front of them. It's just that their belief will be too late. And everybody will become humble because they'll understand their lower self is so feeble that they have no discretion over their affairs. And Allah Jalla Jalalu is the ultimate power. So everybody will now come to Allah Jalla Jalalu in absolute humility. And you look at the mountains, you will see the mountains and perceive it as fixed inside the earth, embedded wherever it is, not doing anything else but being a mountain, right? Yeah. <laughs> However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says it's going to be moving like that, of the moving of the, of the clouds. Now sometimes if you're driving and you're not paying attention, you're seeing clouds, you're not thinking about it, but it just looks like it's still. But it, we all know that clouds move at rapid paces. Mm. So you thinking the, cl- the mountains are still, however Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the speed at which the mountains are moving. Mm. Now this is on the day of Qiyamah. And Allah, we know in the hadith and we know in different sources, the strength and the stability of earth is attributed to the presence of the mountains, that the mountains are the pegs on earth. Here Allah speaks about how the dynamics will change. That very peg now becomes so unstable that it floats around like a little cloud. And Allah then says, That this is the doing of Allah who perfects everything. So with Allah's precise planning, we will see such a result. Allah is fully informed of everything that we do. So Allah mentions the sign of His greatness around us that may be not directly related to us. And the lesson for that is to look at it within our lives. So if Allah is able to take a mighty mountain, and Allah is able to make the mountain float around like a cloud, what is there in Allah being informed about everything that we do? Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Here's some motivation for us. Man jaa bil hasanati falahu khayrun minha. On that day, on the day of Qiyamah, whoever comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with some good, فَلَهُ خَيْرٌ مِنْهَا He will have even better. وَهُمْ مِنْ فَزَعِ يَوْمَ إِذٍ آمِنُونَ And on that day when there's going to be, uh, uh, um, everyone's going to be un, uh, what is alarmed and perplexed uh, regarding the blowing of the trumpet, those people who come with good, on the day of Qiyamah, they're going to be safe on that time when everyone's going to be perplexed. So the Muslims on that time of the blowing of the trumpet, they'll pass away as normal. But those who have wronged in their deen and in their iman, they're obviously going to be perplexed. You know when Allah speaks about on the day of Qiyamah, that whilst everybody, that whilst everybody else will be terrified on that day, these people will be safe on the day of Qiyamah, it really adds a lot of perspective to the day of Qiyamah. Because to be safe in a safe place is not really a luxury, it's normal. To be warm in a warm place is not a luxury, it's normal. To be cold in a cold place is not a luxury, it's normal. 
But then when there's load shedding for your entire house to have lights, then you see it's a luxury when everybody else is in the dark. So when Allah Jalla Jalalu says, Yawma idhin aminun, on that day they will be safe. We have to look at it in context when everybody will be terrified, a select group will be safe. That would highlight what a privileged group they are. Because everybody is load shedding, everybody's lights are out. That's the ordinary, the standard that everybody's experiencing. Those who have generators, those who have extra forms of, of energy and power, it means you're in a position of privilege. Here on the day of Qiyamah, when everybody's terrified, the select few who will be safe, it highlights what a position of advantage and privilege they will be in on the day of Qiyamah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَنْ جَاءَ بِالسَّيِّئَةِ فَكُبَّتْ وُجُوهُمْ فِي النَّارِ And a person, obviously a person who does good, they're going to be safe from all of that. But the person who comes with evil on that day, their faces will be thrown into the fire. Those people who made partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those people who did belied the, the, the messengers and those people who disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will be thrown face first into the fire. They will not be given a reward except for what they have done. Hmm. Now, Allah Jalla Jalalu says, They will not be given a recompense for except what they had done. Now, when we use the word jaza in, in the context of jazakallahu khaira, then we always use it in the positive context. But the word jaza could be positive or it could be negative. Here in this example, Allah is using the word they will not experience the consequences or recompense for except what they had done in reference to sin. So the word jaza can be positive or it can be negative. Now, that reminds me of a point that one of our ustads had mentioned one day in class. He said, in an argument or when you're feeling bitter, do not dismiss the opposite party by saying jazakallah. So somebody wronged you. Somebody robbed you of what was due to you. So now you just want to end it. You say jazakallah, jazakallah brother. You know how in English you say, okay, thank you, thank you. Just Let's just end this conversation. Yeah. When you're saying jazakallah in those circumstances, you're saying may Allah recompense you for what you did. And that could very well be a curse. So in a good context, when things are good, say Jazakallah to someone. But Jazakallah in a negative context can be a negative dua against that person. It's like Allah will sort you out. Allah yeah. will sort you out. May, yeah, may Allah, yeah, hey, brah, how you said it? Like, exactly, exactly like that. So in those type of contexts, we leave out Jazakallah. Then Allah is commanding Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to say to the people, إِنَّمَا أُمِرْتُ أَنْ أَعْبُرَ رَبَّ هَذِهِ الْبَلْدَةَ Let's just stop there. Certainly, I say to the people that I have been commanded to worship the Lord of this land, meaning the Lord of Makkah. I have been commanded to worship the Lord of Makkah. الَّذِي حَرَّمَهَا that Lord who has sanctified Makkah, that Lord who has made Makkah sacred. The Quraysh in Makkah, even though they were just believing in Rasulullah they believed in the sacred nature of Makkah, they believed in Zamzam, they believed in the coming of, of, of Sayyidina Ibrahim So Allah is reminding them by Rasulullah Rasulullah has been ordered to worship the Lord of this city and the Lord who made the city blessed. وَلَهُ كُلُّ شَيْءٍ And for him is everything. 
all resources, all possessions, everything belongs to Allah Jalla Jalalu. Let's just look at this verse, describes the qualities of Allah. Allah is the one who who is the Lord of Makkah. Allah is the one who sanctified Makkah. And thirdly, Allah is the being who everything belongs to Him Jalla Jalalu. وَأُمِرْتُ أَنْ أَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ And I've been commanded to be of the Muslimin, of those who are worshippers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, sometimes I, I think to myself like, um, you know, when you give an instruction in, in class, and, I, and this is a lesson for myself, that uh, when you give an instruction in class and you tell somebody, okay, listen, let's pack our books up and let's only open up a specific book that we're going to be doing and so on and so forth. And then let's face the front and put our hands on the table, whatever it is. And uh, you find some students, they, like, they, 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 they have absolutely no intent on listening to what you said. Mm. You, gave a, you gave an instruction, nobody's going to listen. And this here, this, this here got me thinking that, that, you know, this is how Islam is, this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to deal with everybody, that the command is there, it's simple. Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّمَا أُمِرْتُ أَنْ أَعْبُدَ رَبَّ هَذِهِ الْبَلْدَةِ It's simple, all you have to do is just worship Allah. You just have to worship Allah as He commanded you to worship Him. But you find that we still sin, we still make mistakes, we still do things. So if Allah is forgiving on us, then we should be forgiving on those who don't listen to us as well. Sure. Quran, And that we should recite the Quran in beautiful ways, of course. And the one who is seeking guidance, then indeed he will be guided for himself. And the Mufassir mentioned here is also seeking guidance through the Quran, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guide him. And a person who is misguided, then say, O Rasulullah, that I am from those who caution. I am from those who warn people. Hmm. So the, I will start that, uh, the, that taught us Bukhari, he said that Mundirin uh, can mean, we, we generally say someone who warns, Mubin, a clear warner. But also it could mean a person who cautions, like the road signs on the road. It's, it's there to guide you that you know what, you're supposed to be in this lane, on the N12, this way, that way, you follow this road. It, you still have the choice whether or not to. Follow those roads. You can still do whatever you feel you want to do. But that's what the caution is there for. And that was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was there for. Is to caution us. Listen here, this is the road. Look, if you take this detour, you're going somewhere else. You need to be on this road here. That's, the, that's how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was. So, Allah, Allah Jalla Jalalu in these two verses is speaking to us with so much of compassion. That Allah be of Allah say to the people, that what I have been ordered to, is I have been ordered to worship the Lord of Makkah. Then I have been ordered to be from amongst the Muslims. And then I have been ordered to recite the Quran. Whoever seeks guidance, then this guidance will only benefit himself. Allah is not asking you to do it for the sake of Allah. Allah is asking you to do it for your benefit. And if you choose to seek this misguidance, then Sayyidina Rasulullah fulfilled his responsibility. Rasulullah gave us guidance. It was now up to you to make the right decision. The very last ayat of this very beautiful surah, وَقُلِ الْحَمْدُ And praise Allah Jalla Jalalu, سَيُرِيكُمْ آيَاتِهِ فَتَعْرِفُونَهَا You will see the signs of Allah, and you will be able to even recognize the signs of Allah Jalla Jalalu. What are these signs? 
close to the end of times. The predictions of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. All that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam predicted, you will see it coming to pass. فَتَعْرِفُونَهَا You will see it and you will be able to recognize it. Yes, the hadith said this. Yes, the hadith said that. And these are all proofs of the authenticity of the claims of Prophethood of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. These are all proofs of the greatness of Allah Jalla Jalalu. وَمَا رَبُّكَ بِغَافِلٍ عَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ And Allah is not heedless of all that you do. Allah is aware of all that we do. In a moment of weakness, we need to introspect and think about these verses and reflect on these verses. If tonight you're having difficulty making Isha Salah, say to yourself, وَمَا رَبُّكَ بِغَافِلٍ أَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ Allah is not unaware of what I'm doing. If I'm sliding through my feed on social media and I'm looking at the wrong things, وَمَا رَبُّكَ بِغَافِلٍ أَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ Allah is not heedless of what I do. At Fajr Adhan time, if I just hit snooze and go back to sleep, وَمَا رَبُّكَ بِغَافِلٍ أَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ Allah is not unaware of what we do. You know, I read somewhere that you can't delete your internet history from Allah. Ah, may Allah save us. So, ma rabbuka bighafilin amma ta'amalun. This brings us to the end of the surah. Mulana Wasim will make dua and then we'll conclude the surah on this note. Nice way to put me on the spot. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تباركت ربنا وتعالى تياذ الجلال والإكرام اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا راد لما قضيت ولا ينفع جد منك جد اللهم إنا نسألك فعل الخيرات وترك المنكرات وحب المساكين وأن تغفر لنا وترحمنا وإذا رد فتنة في وإذا رد فتنة في قوم فتوفنا غير مفتونين وإذا رد فتنة في قوم فتوفنا غير مفتونين ونسألك حبك وحب من يحبك وحب عمل يبلغ إلى حبك اللهم أجرنا من النار اللهم أجرنا من النار اللهم أجرنا من النار وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين May Allah Taala accept this this Alhamdulillah brought us to the end of Surah Naml